good to see you this morning. Amen. Uh, let's worship the Lord, if you would. If you would, stand to your feet. We're going to sing about that victory in Jesus. Amen.
Turn around and tell somebody how good they look this morning that you're glad to see them this morning, all right?
Amen. If you would, you can find your place and be seated. We're going to have some announcements this morning. Brother Martin's going to come. Give Brother Martin a big hand, if you would, as he uh, gives us our announcements today. Well, good morning. So good for you all to be here. I know uh, I was struggling to get out from underneath the warm covers. Um, so do we have any first-time visitors here this morning? Signify it by raising your hand. All right, we got one right up here. Um, we're going to give you a little visitor's card. Just turn that, on the way, turn that in on the way out. Um, well, apparently there's some game going on today. I don't really know what it is. Because if the Cowboys aren't in it, is there really a game? I don't think so. So, first of all, if you're a Cowboys fan, you don't root for Philadelphia. Second of all, if you're from Chapel Hill, you don't really root for anything from my house. So, <laughs> you don't root against it. You just don't root for it. So, uh, I'm still from the old school on that. So, we do have a full Wednesday. Uh, maybe, hopefully, they'll just tie and that'll be funny. Uh, we do have a full Wednesday slate. So, uh, Wednesday morning Bible study starts at 10. 11 in the fellowship hall they always have a great time there i can hear it from the office uh, we do have a wednesday night service we serve a meal at 6 p.m and then uh, we have bible study we have youth and we have stuff for all ages so please be a part of that uh, sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m on sunday morning uh, i just bought this shirt yesterday and i thought i might have a sticker on there because i do that often so anyway, Sunday school, 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Um, I've been teaching the adults. Jose teaches the teenagers, and then we have stuff for the little kiddies. So if you want your uh, iron to be sharpened, that's a great place. Uh, we do need help for teachers and helpers uh, with children and toddlers on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. You can see Miss Cindy over here if you would love to volunteer. It is very rewarding, I promise you. It makes all your wildest dreams come true. Um, <laughs> Oh, Lord, i got to keep a straight face with that. <laughs> we, do, uh, we do have giving online at giving.landmarktyler.com. Uh, you do not have to set up a PayPal now. Um, if that's easier for you, instead of uh, cash or check, we do still accept that. Um, giving.landmarktyler.com. Uh, need volunteers on the cleaning team. Uh, see Miss Kate if you're able to do that. Uh, I thank every one of you that does volunteer. Uh, that is something that just helps our church out. Uh, I believe God's calling some of you to do that. <laughs> Try to convict them. So uh, movie night Sunday, February 26th. Uh, we are watching uh, The Chosen. So movie night, February 26th. Uh, that is in a couple weeks. We will have free candy and popcorn. Um, I've watched The Chosen just by myself, and uh, it's, it's, it's a great show. If you don't have Prime or whatever it may be on, uh, come up here and watch it, and it is a beautiful story of Jesus and what he does for us. Uh, we do have Daylight Savings Time coming up March the 12th. We're going to be springing forward. Um, I guess we're starting way early on this because we know a lot of us, are, a lot of you aren't going to show up. I've got to be here, I think, uh, or Brother Mark gets mad. Um, we do have True Girl Pajama Party coming up at 6.30 to 9 p.m. on March 25th. This is for young ladies from K through 12. Miss Cindy is heading that up. 
Uh, we have purchased 52 tickets. Um, I believe if we need more, we can get more possibly, but let's try to fill those 52 spots. If you have a niece, you have a granddaughter, you are welcome to sign up, come with them. It's not just for the young ladies. If you are a grandmother, an aunt, a cousin, whatever, just sign up and uh, be a part of it. See Miss Cindy if you have any questions on that. Uh, and then we also have life recovery class today here at 1 p.m. So other than that, let's just praise our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Give Brother Marvin a big hand. He looking good. Lost weight. I'm telling you what. I'm jealous, brother. I'm jealous. Amen. All right, let's continue to worship if you would. Let's stand. How many of you believe John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son? Amen. Let's sing that song about that if you would.
give the Lord a clap offering. How many of you believe that God still heals? That God still does miracles? He's too good not to believe. Amen.
praise you this morning, God. The miracles you do in our lives, God, small, large, whatever they may be, God, you do that individually to us, Father. You're the wonder-working God. You're working in all of our lives, God. We just praise you this morning. We praise you for what you're going to do in this place with the children this morning. I pray, God, that you would just speak to them. If there's one that doesn't know you, God, that they come to know you and accept you into their heart this morning. Father, for us, we ask you, God, to show yourself to us this morning. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Good to see you this morning. If you've got children who would like to go to Children's Church, they can meet Miss Cindy over here at the door. And uh, let's always, as always, give our children and our children's workers a big hand, if you would. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, God is good. All the time. And all the time. Let's try one more time. God is good. And all the time. That is true. Amen. Well, I started a series last week called God Never Said. There are some misconceptions uh, in our culture and in our lives uh, about what, what God says or what God thinks. And quite honestly, it's not biblical. There's a lot of things. And last week we talked about that. Uh, what was the one last week? Anybody remember? What was it again? God, yeah, God never said that he necessarily wants you to be happy. Now, does that mean that God doesn't want you to be happy? No, but not everything is about your happiness. Many people believe in our culture today that if it doesn't make me happy, then how could it possibly be God's will? Uh, well, I got news, Buttercup. The universe does not revolve around you. Amen. Uh, heaven does not revolve around you. God's purpose does not reveal around uh, uh, revolve around you. Thank you. Uh, my brain's going too many directions this morning. I mean, I'll try to slow down. Everybody breathe with me. Okay. Okay. Brother Mark, slow down, slow down. Okay. So today here's another misconception. God never said it doesn't matter what you do. We live in a culture today where some people say, if I'm saved, it's all under the blood. So I can just do whatever I want to do. And here's kind of the keys, uh, phrase behind it. It doesn't matter what I do as long as I'm not hurting anybody else. Can I tell you this? Sin always hurts you, and it always hurts somebody else. Sin is like a cancer. And uh, even more so than that, sin is like a highly contagious disease. It won't just affect you. It passes on to your family. That's where the scripture that talks about the sins of the father are passed down from generation to generation. So when sin enters into our life, it is always passed down the line. And so we need to understand today, uh, it does matter what you do. It does matter what you do. Sin matters. And we all probably have our pet sins. You say, what's yours, Brother Mark? Well, come afterwards and I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. All right. Uh, doesn't really matter what it is. We all have our pet sins. And what we tend to do on those pet sins that we struggle with and that we tend to want to justify those things. We tend to want to make excuses for those sins. And we tend to want to look and say, well, I know I have this problem, but, Lord, it's not the problem that, that Terry Cantlin has. Amen? Praise the Lord. Amen? I'm not picking on Terry this morning. That's, I could say that about anybody in the room today. Amen? 
that uh, no sin is greater than the other sin. Just because I struggle in one area, you don't. I cannot justify that my sin is not as serious or doesn't mean as much as yours does, okay? So we're going to cover some areas here. Uh, it doesn't matter what I do as long as I don't hurt anyone. Uh, there is a key word that's used today in our culture, and the word is tolerance. And we have twisted the word tolerance to mean that if I don't agree with you, then I hate you. Can I tell you that? That is not the meaning of tolerance. The meaning of tolerance, in fact, is quite the opposite. The meaning of tolerance is, is that I love you even if I don't agree with you. And I have the right to disagree with you. It's kind of like free speech. Everybody's for free speech till somebody says something you don't like and you don't agree with. We're all for free speech until it goes against our beliefs, all right? And so it's kind of the same thing. Tolerance does not mean I need to agree with you. Tolerance means the exact opposite, that I love you in spite of our disagreements, in spite of that I don't agree with what you do. So what does that mean? I love the alcoholic. You came in here today and you're drunker than Cooter Brown. That's country saying there, amen. You're welcome here. I am glad you're here. And tolerance doesn't mean that I agree with your alcoholism. Tolerance doesn't mean that I okay your alcoholism or that I uh, that I feel like that's okay, and I'm by accepting you, I'm saying I accept alcoholism. That's not what that's saying at all. It means that I love you in spite of. I love you in spite of your. And I can think of no better place for you to be this morning if you're drunk than right here. Amen. I had somebody come to me in another church I was serving at on a Sunday morning. They say, You see that guy up there on the second row? He was at the club last night. And my first question was, how do you know he was at the club last night? <laughs> Amen. But he says, he continues on, and he says, that guy was at the club last night, and that guy was drunk, and here he is this morning, and look at him. Look at him right now. And he was down there on the second row, hands raised. And I said, well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What better place for that guy to be than right here in the house of God, Amen. working on himself and working on what he needs to work on. Amen. We've gotten so self-righteous. We've gotten so caught up in our own religiosity that we have forgotten that this is a hospital for sinners. Amen. And so we need to understand, I accept you. If, if you are an alcoholic and you're here this morning, I have tolerance for you. I don't approve of your alcoholism. I don't say that's a good lifestyle. I don't say that's doing you any good. But I love you. Amen. Amen. If you're here this morning and you're a drug addict and you're a high as a kite right now, God bless you. Glad you're here. Amen. There is no better place for you to be than right here. I love you. I don't love your drug addiction. I don't love the fact that you're high right now. I don't give my okay that you're high right now. But I do tell you, I love you and there's no better place for you to be. If you're here and you struggle, we're going to get a little deeper here. Let's see if you can hang with me. If you're here today and you struggle with same-sex attraction, you're attracted to the same sex. Now, here's what our culture would say. Well, that's, that's not right. You're not having tolerance. No, I'm, I, I love you. If you struggle with same-sex attraction and homosexuality, I am glad you're here this morning. You are welcome here. I love you. I don't approve of your lifestyle. Read your Bible. It doesn't approve of your lifestyle. It's, it's a sin, just like a lot of other sins. But I love you. Tolerance means I love you and I accept you in spite of the fact that I don't agree with your lifestyle. 
and that's okay. That's tolerance. Tolerance doesn't mean I'm a, I'm a hater or I'm a homophobic. We toss those words around, don't we? I'm a homophobic because I don't agree with your lifestyle. That's not what that means at all. I'm just going with Scripture. But I love you. I love you, and I want the best what's for you. And so it's not that I agree with your lifestyle. It's not that I'm putting a stamp of approval on your lifestyle. But I'm telling you, I love you. That's the true meaning of tolerance. I love you. It's the old adage, hate the sin, love the sinner. Amen? So I love you, whatever the case may be. Now, we're going we're gonna to get in some deep water this morning because we're going to say, we're going to look at some other misconceptions. And uh, so let me just uh, dive right in. The first scripture is for, uh, 2 Timothy 4, 3. that says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That's what I mean. Uh, be it homosexuality, be it drunkenness, be it whatever sin you deal with, uh, there, there will be a time when there's not sound doctrine. Guess what? That time is today. That time is now because culture wants to tell you, well, it's all okay and sin is okay as long as you ask forgiveness and it's all under the blood. That is not sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, their flesh, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Okay? So we need to understand that people want to hear what they want to hear. You can go to some churches, and you won't hear anybody preach on sin. In fact, you won't hear some of it. They won't even preach out of the Bible. They will just preach what they think you want to hear, what will make you feel good, what will make you happy. We talked about that this morning in our prayer time, that uh, there's a scripture that talks about the verse of the day today. It says, we don't need to be man-pleasers. We need to be God-pleasers. Amen. And it's not about our comfort. It's not about our happiness. We're here to please God and to honor him, okay? All right, so uh, cultural misbeliefs about sin. We're going to dive into them. Number one, I'm not a bad person. I have a guy that's uh, a friend of mine on Facebook. Used to go to church with him. He is now a licensed professional counselor. And I love him. But here's what scares me about him, because people are going to him for counseling, and he is teaching a doctrine that says religion has told you that you're a, a bad person, you're a sinner, and that makes you feel bad, and so therefore it gives you low self-esteem. So the church has just beat us up and given us low self-esteem, and that's what he counsels people, and it makes me sad, because I'm here to tell you, listen, now, I want you to hear me and hear me good. I'm a glass half full guy. I am a positive person. And I'm here to tell you, I believe the best in people. I believe people want to do the right thing. I believe people want to live for God. But listen, I also have to read my Bible, and I either take it for its word or throw it in the trash. And it says that for all, did you catch that word? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Can I ask you how many is all? all. Amen. Doesn't leave anybody out. So I understand. I I'm a guy. I love to believe the best for people. I am the guy who wants to give everybody a second chance, third chance, hundredth chance. I believe people. I believe for the best in people. But I cannot deny the fact and I cannot deny scripture that we are all sinners. All right. And we all have some of that bad. In. Why? Because we were born with a sin nature. 
you go all the way back to Adam and Eve, when sin entered into the world, we got passed down to us a sin nature, okay? And so the fact that you want to say, well, I'm not a bad person, and, and my brother, which I love, I would say to him, uh, listen, uh, you know, it's not about self-esteem issues. It's about what does the Bible say? I know what sounds good, and I know what sounds good to your itching ears, but that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, we're all a sinner. Amen? And so uh, I must understand that. Two scriptures on that, 1 John 1, 8. Uh, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Amen? And then the one I just quoted you, Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. No, it's a different scripture. Uh, until you see yourself as a sinner. Why, why is it important you see yourself as a sinner? Because until you see yourself as a sinner, you won't see any need for a savior. What do I, and many people will ask that question. You talk about getting saved. And guess what? That, that terminology, that word is in the Bible. Go look it up. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That terminology, it, the word saved. And the biggest question sometimes comes from unchurched people is, what do I need to be saved from? I'm not in danger of anything. What do I, we need to be saved and I tell people this, really the biggest thing you need to be saved from is yourself. It's your flesh. It's that sinful nature that lives inside of you. And so uh, you, the, until you see yourself as a sinner and you finally admit, I am a sinner, you don't see any need for a Savior. So it's, it's imperative that you see yourself as a sinner. Number two, this is a big one because I think we've all fallen into this. All sin is the same. Can I tell you this? Uh, all sin, the guilt of all sin is the same, but all sin is not the same. If I go to lunch today and I eat too much, what is the consequence of that sin? Heartburn, and I get a little bit fatter. Amen? But if I go from this place... And I go, and to quote myself again, I go down the road and I get drunker than Cooter Brown. And three or four people from the church see that. What's the consequence of that? Much greater. Much greater. And see, sin is sin, and that is a true statement. But guess what? The consequence of all sin is not the same. And so we must understand that. There are certain decisions you need to think very, very hard about. And while we're on these subjects, before you take that first drink of alcohol, knowing that in your family line is alcoholism, you really need to think about that. You really need to pray hard about that. Because you may be talking about consequences that will last a lifetime, that will ruin your life. Before you take that first pill or smoke that first joint or start down a road, you need to think very, very hard about that because the consequence of that could be great. It could cost you everything, okay? So all sin is not necessarily the same. Uh, here's what a lot of people would say. Well, Brother Mark, who are you to judge me? You know, if you eat too much and I want to take drugs, what's the difference? Who are you to judge me? You've got sin, I've got sin. Very true statement. But I'm here to tell you it can cost you a lot more. Now, mine can cost me, too. Don't get me wrong. Eating too much can give me congestive heart failure, and I could have a heart attack and drop dead. 
So the reality is all sin is slowly killing us one way or another. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, uh, yours could be something that could cost you your, your marriage, your family, your children. If you go out and you get drunk and you act a fool and you have little kids, there's going to be somebody show up at your door. You know who that is? There's a group called CPS. And if they think you can't raise those kids and you're acting a fool, they will take those kids away from you. It could cost you everything. So think, think, think. Many times we just do selfish and stupid things, don't we? Don't get caught in the trap. And the devil will try to tell you, oh, it ain't nothing. You ain't hurting nobody but yourself. It ain't going to hurt nobody. That is a lie. That's a lie from Satan, all right? Um, The Bible does not teach that all sin is the same. Uh, Unforgiven sin leads to eternal death. Romans 6.23, while we're going down the Roman road, it says this, For the wages of the payment of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? How we live influences consequences on earth. I want you to look at these. How we live influences consequences on earth, rewards in heaven, and punishment in hell. Here are the scriptures to back that up. Uh, Luke 24, 20, 47, John 19, 11, and 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Okay? So, uh, do, do we have those or do we just have those listed out? No, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. All right. So, those are, if you want to read those, go to those scriptures. That's what backs that up. So, uh, how you live, how the sin in your life can affect the consequences on earth, your rewards in heaven, and your punishment in hell. All right. One of those scriptures talks about uh, that there is punishment that will come more severely and that God will judge more severely. So that does mean there are different levels to sin and the way that God handles it. Amen. Uh, You say, it doesn't matter what I do. Yes, it does. Sin has consequences. Number three is this. Since I've already done it, I might as well just keep doing it. Uh, This is called repetitive sin, addictive sin, uh, repetitive sin, and we get caught up in it, don't we? Uh, You know my theory. My theory is everybody in this room is an addict. We're all addicted to something. The difference is some are just more socially acceptable than others. You're addicted to food, well, we think everybody does that. Everybody abuses that, and that's really not that bad. If you're addicted to gossiping, well, you know, everybody loves a good story. That's not that big a deal, you know. If you're addicted to talking behind people's back or treating people uh, unfairly or unjustly or slandering people behind their back, well, that's all right. Everybody just loves juicy gossip, and that's okay. So, but it's all sin. It all leads to death. We're all addicted to it, Okay. So how do we deal with these addictions? Romans 6, 1 and 2 says this. Yeah, Romans 6, 1 and 2. I'm sorry. We got that one or we froze up. We froze up. Technical difficulties. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? next verse certainly not how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it listen 
we are the kings and queens of justification and excuses, aren't we? Whatever we struggle with, we learn to just make excuses for it. Well, I know, but it's really not that bad. And we just continue on in doing it. Um, if you're dating a person and you have sex outside of marriage, what becomes very tempting to do, even if you're going to end up married? Well, we already messed up. Let's just keep doing it. Uh, again, take that first drink. Take that first drug. Well, I've already messed up, so might as well just keep doing it. I can, and here's, here's the biggest lie we tell ourselves, I can control it. I can control it. That's our biggest lie, isn't it, is I can control it. No, you can't. No, you can't. We need God's help. Amen. We need God's help. And we need God to show up and help us. Can I say this? And we, I, I told the band this this morning. I think here's a big statement right here. Spiritual maturity is not about how much we know. A lot of people get very self-righteous and very caught up in, you know, knowing Scripture. And listen, uh, Scripture memorization, it's a wonderful thing. I think you should memorize Scripture. But we can get caught up in how much we know. And we can forget that it don't matter how much you know unless people know how much you care and how much it changes your life. So here's the thing. Spiritual maturity is not about how much we know. It's about how much we obey. Are we obeying what we've already read? All of those scriptures we have memorized are our lives reflecting that. Are we living it? Is scripture living through us? Okay. Uh, our sin, here's what happens. We forget this. Our sin no matter whether we want to justify it or not, our sin hurts God. It hurts the heart of God. Can I tell you that? When you step outside of God's perfect will for you, it hurts the heart of God. That alone right there should make us want to run from it, shouldn't it? It hurts the heart of God. What else does our sin do? It hurts the people around me. Again, you may want to lie to yourself and say, well, you know, I, I drink after I get home, but uh, listen, I have a friend Many of you know him, Danny, uh, Danny Shepard, and uh, Danny uh, uh, wouldn't mind me sharing this because he gives his testimony all the time, but Danny was what we call a functioning alcoholic. Danny could work all day long, work till 5 o'clock, but I tell you, right around 5, 5.30, he was already thinking about where he was going. And there was a bar close to his house, so he knew that he could go there, get as drunk as he wanted to, and it wasn't that far of a drive. He could probably make it to his house and not get pulled over. And he'd get up the next morning, do it all over again. He was a functioning alcoholic. But the Lord set him free. Praise God. Amen. And you can do it. And it's amazing that, uh, you know, that God can do it. But what Danny had to come to realize was he thought he, was, he wasn't affecting anybody. Because I don't let anybody see me. He would go down, he would go to the bar, he would sit by himself, he would drink till he got drunk, then he'd go home, and then he'd just drink some more while he was at home. And as long, he, he felt like as long as I'm doing that behind closed doors, in my house, in private, I'm not hurting anybody, what's the difference? And he lied to himself for years and years and years. And I'm here to tell you, we, we become very good at doing that. But can I tell you this? Everybody knows. You think what everybody doesn't know Everybody does know. And we're the last to see it many times, unfortunately. We are the last to see it. And I'm here to tell you, God, it hurts God's heart 
but it's also hurting the other people around us. Amen. Uh, it also hurts you. It can hurt your testimony. It can hurt. Uh, it can hurt what God wants to do in you. Danny is now. Uh, just to continue on with his story, Danny is now uh, down here at Rose Heights serving God. Uh, he's been given a, a, a gift with technical things, and so he's working in the AV department down there. His wife is teaching a, a third grade Sunday school class, I believe, and God is doing amazing things. And Danny's a preacher's kid. Danny grew up in the church. Danny grew up under a preacher daddy. But he struggled with this alcoholism for so long that the enemy just used it to keep him locked down. Even though he thought he had everybody fooled, when he would be alone at night and alone with his own thoughts, he thought, I can't serve God because I've got this in my life. It will lock you down. It will keep you from doing what God has called you to do. And he was on lockdown until he got set free from it. He was on lockdown. His attitude, I can't serve God with this in my life. Here's another thing it does. Um, our sin kills our intimacy with God. You know, and I've said to you, it is about a relationship. It is not about religion. It is about a personal relationship. And if you and I are going to have a personal relationship, we have to spend time together. And we have to talk to each other. But when I'm not right with you, I want to avoid you. I don't want to talk to you. Guess what? When we're not right with God, we don't want to talk with God. We don't want to pray. We don't want to read our Bible because that guilt and that shame comes up. And it kills our intimacy with God. That's, that's the number one reason why it hurts the heart of God, because he desires that intimacy with us, all right? And then another thing it does is it dulls God's voice. You've heard me say many times, you want to be able to hear the voice of God? More times than not, he is that still, small voice. And if you want to hear him, you got to get closer. you got to get closer. And it dulls God's voice. I can't hear him quite as well. When that sin is blocking the way, it dulls God's voice in my life, all right? And then um, the last thing it does, and this is probably the hardest thing, it begins to harden your heart. And as you harden your heart, you build up this wall around your heart, and your heart becomes a heart of stone. And you don't want to hear God anymore. You remember, we can look around here and we can probably say, where's that person? Where's that person? They hardly ever missed and. Now, I haven't seen him for six months or a year or two years. We could all think of somebody right now. And why aren't they serving God? Because they? they have hardened their heart. They have built up a stone-cold heart, and it makes you just, I don't want to come into church because all it's going to do is make me feel guilty. All it's going to do is make me realize the things in my life I need to get straightened out, and I don't want to straighten them out right now. And that heart becomes hard. And it keeps us away from God, okay? Uh, we've all heard this old saying, and I'm going to kind of end with this. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. Have you ever heard this statement? Sin will take you farther than you want to go, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. You ever heard that old saying? That is so true, isn't it? Sin will take you farther than you want to go, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. Our sin in our lives... Listen, um, it does matter. It matters what you do. It does matter, the sin in our lives. I want to encourage you, and I try to encourage you all the time. I'm at Celebrate Recovery at Green Acres here. Uh, work on the tech team there. 
I'm there every Monday night. I always have an open invitation. If you want to come, I will meet you there. No questions asked. You don't have to share your story with me. I just say, we all need to be there. We're all broken. The, sta- the saying of uh, Celebrate Recovery is, we all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Amen? And notice, there's three different ones there. Most of us just want to concentrate on the habits. And you think, I don't need Celebrate Recovery. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't need Celebrate Recovery. You're forgetting about the hurts and the hang-ups. Anybody here ever heard of baggage? Anybody here ever gone to counseling and somebody tell you, you got baggage? Can I just look you straight in the eye and tell you, you got baggage. Everybody in this room has baggage. We all need counseling. The preacher needs counseling. I've been to a counselor. I'm not ashamed to admit it. We all need to go to a counselor. We all need to unburden ourselves. We all need that unobjective third party Somebody that will tell us the truth and look us in the eye and say, you're being stupid. Amen. Now, do I like to hear, Mark, you're being stupid? No. But I need to hear it many, many times. All right. So listen, it matters. It matters what we're doing. Everybody in this room, it matters what we're doing. It matters the sin in our lives. It matters the things that we struggle with. But I've got good news for everybody in this room. Jesus is a friend of sinners. Amen. Amen. Jesus is a friend of sinners. I'm going to give you the last scripture, and it's this one. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Because I want to encourage you, whatever you're struggling with today, and again, we're going to fix and have a time of response. And if you're struggling, you need to come down. You will be amazed at how the Lord will just set you free by just admitting you have a problem. Any place will tell you the first step to overcoming any kind of sin or addiction in our life is admitting we have a problem. And Scripture tells us this. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape. Everybody say that with me. A way of escape. to bear it. Listen, the devil will throw many temptations at you. It doesn't become sin until you act upon it. And this scripture is promising you, you're going to be tempted. But God says, I, there is always a way out. I will always help you say no. But you have to allow me to help you. And you have to allow me to help you to say no. I will give you a way of escape if you want it. But again, He's a king, not a beggar. Amen. He will not force himself on you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here today and you say, Brother Mark, I am really struggling. There's an area of sin in my life. I'm really struggling. I just need help. Maybe you'd say today, Brother Mark, I don't even know what you're talking about, about Jesus and how he can help me. Listen, there is salvation for those who call upon the name of the Lord. And there is reconciliation for any Christian who calls back upon the name of the Lord. So here today, right now, put your pride aside. Quit making excuses and just run to the Lord. Pray this prayer with me in your heart, in your mind, your spirit. Say, dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. Right now, the best way I know how, 
Lord, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And right now, I ask you to come into my heart, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Save me. Help me with my sin. Help me with my addictions. I ask it in Jesus' name. Now, every head still bowed, every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer as a prayer of salvation for the first time or a prayer of recommitment for the second or hundredth time, would you just lift up a hand? I just want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands all over the place. Now, when we get when we get ready to sing here in just a moment, I want you to come. You can come to the altar here, but what I'd really love you to do is either grab Brother Martin's hand or my hand and just say, I prayed that prayer, and I want to get on the road back to the Lord. He is on the road leading back to him, and he is waiting with his arms open wide. Father, have your will and your way in this place today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand. The altar is open. If you need to come today, unburden yourself, you need somebody to pray for you, you need to join the church. Whatever you need to do, you come forward today.
were talking earlier about a, there's a revival. I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook, but there's a revival going on at a college in Kentucky called Asbury University. And it's going on uh, two or three days now. And uh, they're continuing. It's an outpouring of God. Nobody's left. And they're continuing. And uh, it, it just makes my heart so glad because I believe we're living in the last days. But I, I tell you what I want to what I want to see before last day. I believe we can see a move of God in our country again. I believe. I believe the scripture that talks about that in my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways just what we talked about this morning. I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And I want to see that. I want to see that. Do you want to see that? And don't you tell me he can't do it. He's done it before. He'll do it again. There have been great moves of God, and it always starts with young people. You know why? Because young people generally don't have no agenda. Young people don't have, they have childlike faith. And these young people, there is nobody, if you read the article, go on and read the article. It says there's not necessarily preaching going on. Not necessarily tons of music going on. No, no, it doesn't seem like any one person is in charge. It's because they've all just stepped back and they've recognized the presence of God. And they're not trying to manipulate it. They're not trying to control it. They're just allowing the presence of God. And in fact, I've I've experienced that once or twice in my life. And I know your biggest fear is you don't want to get in the way. So everybody just backs off and just lets the Spirit of God move. And that's it. And it's not people jumping around and hollering. You know what it says is happening there? People are getting right with God. There's confession. There's repentance. People are laying their addictions at the feet of Jesus. People are laying their burdens down. It is amazing what God can do. And I want to see that. And it don't have to happen somewhere else. It can happen right here. Amen. 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 Let's sing this last song, Julie, about our blessed assurance that we have. going to end with this worship song today.
Savior, wonderful Jesus. Is he your wonderful Savior today? Is his name Jesus? Amen. We're going to lift that up. Then we're going to sing, Death could not hold you. You are victorious. Praise to the risen King. Amen. Let's sing it together. death could not hold you down. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Lord, you know that you hold the keys to hell and death. Nobody can take that away from us, God. We thank you. We love you. Lord, we tell you, you are victorious. You are our risen king. Nothing is impossible with you. I pray that people would be set free today. I pray that people would, Lord, admit their addictions, admit the areas that they struggle in, that God, we would lay them at the foot of the cross. God, would you help us today? May we seek help, God. It's not enough to just talk about it. We must take action, God. Let somebody go to Celebrate Recovery. Let somebody just go and find somebody they can talk to, a counselor. Uh, Lord, just let people, God, help us to start the journey by just saying, I need help, God. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. You're dismissed. I hope you have a great rest of your day.